0: All right, Maureen, I'm all set. I'm all dressed up for church. got to get my car keys. Let's go.
1: You're going like that?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I've, I've got my nice, bright, happy Hawaiian shirt out of the laundry. It's a hot day. I got my shorts on. I'm going to be nice and comfy. I've got my sandals. And I even put on a new pair of socks.
1: Oh, this is going to be a long one.
0: It's the Sonic Boomers podcast, coming up next. Well, hello, I'm Pete Toriello. And I'm Maureen Toriello. And before we even get into our topic today, I got to show you all something. Now, unfortunately, those of you who are just listening to the audio portion of the podcast, you cannot see this. But for those of you that are watching on Facebook and on YouTube, wait till you see this. Wait till you see this. Look at this. I have a new chair. The piano bench is gone. And that stupid folding chair with the pillow on it that I used is gone. Look at this beautiful Serta executive chair. Tell me that this is not podcasting in luxury. Oh, Pete's on his throne. I am now on the throne here. I am on the podcasting throne.
1: I thought you were gonna say the potty. Me
0: me and Joe Rogan on the the podcasting throne. And I, you know, I I have to tell you, in all seriousness, because I, you guys know, I kid a lot about Joe Rogan, probably the most successful podcaster in the world right now. Uh, Pete and Maureen, Pete, pipsqueak, little, <laughs> you know, a fly on Joe Rogan's shoulder. But I got to say, he does a pretty damn good show. Oh, yeah. He yeah. really does a pretty damn good show. So I, I got to give props to, to Joe Rogan. And I'm sure he's happy that I said I'm that. I'm
1: sure. Now, now he can <laughs> rest easy.
0: So the topic this week is, should you get all dressed up and all spiffied up for church? And Maureen and I are church canters. We are the music ministry for St. Francis of Assisi American National Catholic Church in Glen Ridge. We are a, uh, first of all, a non-Roman Catholic church. And we are also very independent, very liberal. And the way that you actually see me dress today is the way that I would go there and the way that many of our parishioners would go. Sure. People come in shorts and t-shirts and uh, sandals and hopefully not wearing <laughs> socks with sandals.
1: And, and Pete doesn't really wear socks with no, sandals. No, no. We just, just did that to be funny. We were just
0: funning with you. Uh, we're but, playing the
1: cat skills next week. But,
0: but But many of our parishioners mm-hmm. dress this way, and I'm fine with it. Me too. I'm perfectly fine with it. There are some people that are not. And they really think that the game needs to be elevated.
1: Not in our church.
0: Not in our church, but in other churches. Right. So I'm going to play a few pieces of sound to share with our audience. And we can comment on these. The first one is from a church called Incarnation Church. It's a Catholic church. And I'm not picking on Catholics. Okay, just happens to be that's what I've got here. Uh, I do not know where they are. They never gave the location of where this church was located, but there's a couple of priests from that church and some of their parishioners, and they're making comments about how one should dress for Mass. So here comes the first piece of sound.
2: The way we dress for Mass shows our respect for God in a lot of ways. I mean, if you're going to a funeral, you dress in a way that's gonna show mourning. And if you're going to uh, out on a date, you're gonna to dress to show that you wanna impress somebody. And so our dress, by dressing in an extraordinary way, in an extraordinary way, communicates that this event is special, this event is different. Our preparation for Mass begins at home. And so I think that ultimately is reflected when we get to the celebration of Mass itself. As a priest, so much of what we wear communicates our identity. When we see what the priest wears at Mass, it's a reminder of really the whole tradition of the church, that these vestments are part of the totality of our tradition. If we imagined a priest showing up in shorts and a t-shirt to celebrate Mass,
1: it would be very hard.
0: to I'm fine with that. uh,
2: The transcendent value of what it is that we're doing.
3: We have a grandson who lives with us, and we like to to be a good example for him about the appropriate way to prepare for Mass and, and certainly the appropriate way to worship.
2: And I think that especially relates to children because our son typically wears shorts and a t-shirt, mm-hmm. but when we have him dress up in a polo shirt and khakis mm-hmm. or just nicer clothes, he knows that he needs to be better behaved because we're going somewhere special.
1: So getting yeah, four work. Ready yeah. for Mass yeah. <laughs> a lot of work. Put him in khakis and <laughs> the kid's gonna sit <laughs> yeah.
0: still. He'll, he'll be a little <laughs> gentleman all through the Mass.
1: Emphasis that we're putting on it and they see us mm-hmm. dressing up and making sure that it's a priority. I think mm-hmm. the way people dress for Mass has changed over the years. I think there has been a, a, a growing sense of casualness perhaps, and in some instances that probably is connected with a a diminishment of respect for the mass. I remember when I was younger that it was pretty much commonplace for, for men to wear suits and for ladies to wear dresses or or a very nice outfit.
0: Don't forget the head coverings.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs)
2: This is something that is, you know, a big deal. This is something special. This is something sacred and holy. And you're going there not just to sit there for an hour and be quiet. You're going there to learn, to grow spiritually, to come into the real presence of Jesus. I know for me, I'm automatically brought to a more reverent and formal place so that when I dress nicely for mass, the moment I enter into church, I have a different orientation to what I'm about to experience. I'm not approaching it like a casual party or a Sunday barbecue. I have a a different focus and intentionality. If you want to go to Mass and treat it as something holy, dress in a way that reminds you that this is something special. You're meeting Jesus face to face there on the altar and in communion. Who's the thoughts of, you know, if. God already knows uh, our hearts. If he knows how we feel about him, then why are these external things important? Why is dressing up important? That's where I come from. And ultimately, I think that points to uh, the fact that God became It's like, are you
1: dressing to impress everybody else? Or are you, you know, dressing
2: for what purpose? Gives significance to the external things, uh, that what we do as spiritual people is expressed in our body. expressed in in the things that we do, and in how we dress and present ourselves uh, in showing reverence and honor to God is no different.
0: All right, I guess that's it for for that piece of sound. So what what do you think of that? And I'm really interested in hearing what you have to say about it, because you do have a master's in liturgy. Right. So I'm really curious to to hear your thoughts on this.
1: You know, I, I I have like I'm kind of like on both sides. Like, I don't have a problem. I think people should wear whatever makes them comfortable. I think you can worship better when you're comfortable. You know, what point does it make for a man to come in in 90 degree weather in a suit and a tie and be sweating? And be sitting there fidgeting because you're hot and you're uncomfortable. How much worship are you getting done? Yeah, or in the same way with a woman having to put on silk stockings and you know pantyhose and high heels and stuff to walk into church for what? So I, I on that, I'm perfectly fine with a casual look. Now I think that there could be some gradations. I think that perhaps. Uh, Maybe some things are inappropriate. I, I wouldn't like to see super short shorts on the girls or super raggedy clothes, but if that's what all you, well, you got, well then yeah. I'd rather have you there in the church wearing whatever than have you not show up at all because you're too ashamed of the way you look.
0: Yeah, I would never come in in my in my painting pants. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in my painting shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, then that's, okay, that's that's a little over the line. Right. But I don't have problems with shorts and, and a t-shirt and yeah. sandals. I just, I, I don't think it's irreverent.
1: No, I don't either. And, you know, then again, on the flip side, I do kind of put some amount of credence in the idea, though, that of being mindful of who you are going there to worship.
0: Yeah. Well, in fact, as as you know, uh, in my, my studies into Judaism,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, when you go up to the, the ark, <laughs> excuse me, in the front of the synagogue where the Torah scrolls are kept very often in Hebrew above that ark, it says, know before whom you stand. Right. And that is a reference to the voice that came from the burning bush when Moses was told to Remove your your shoes because you are standing before on holy God. Ground, yeah. You're on holy ground. Yeah, and and I like that. That that means a lot to me.
1: Yeah, I, that's why I'm kind of like kind of teeter between the two viewpoints because I also think of things like, you know, your high school reunion is coming up. You haven't seen these people in twenty years. Yeah, and what do you do? You go out and you get a new outfit. Yeah. Try to slim down. You get your hair cut. You get your hair done. Make makeup, and you do all this preparation for people who you haven't seen in twenty years, and you probably won't see for another twenty. But when you're going before God Almighty on a Sunday, you don't put any thought into it. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm kind but that's of, but
0: that's what they're saying in this piece of sound. I that know we that, just that's
1: played. why I'm kind of like torn between the two viewpoints because, like I said, I don't want ever, for church to be about the show. I don't want it to be about impressing other people around you. I don't want it to be where you're being judgmental, ever. I don't want that. Yeah. But on the other hand, I, I do think there's a certain value in just considering the idea that maybe you might want to be a little bit more mindful of what you're wearing because it is before God.
0: All right, we have another piece of sound. And this one, I think, is a little bit more reasonable, mm-hmm. and it comes from a uh, Father Pat Reedy, okay. who I believe is out of Notre Dame. Okay, go Irish. And this, is, <laughs> and this is on a website called grotto.com. And I thought that he had a, a good take on this, and, and I thought it was pretty reasonable. So mm-hmm. let's listen to Father Pat Reedy at grotto.com. Do
2: you ever just feel underdressed at mass? You were in a rush, and you walk into church sporting shorts and flip flops. You feel everyone's eyes on you, especially that one couple in the sport coat and the pearls. Is there a dress code for this? I grew up in Colorado. Our Sunday best was normally your nicer pair of jeans. Not that folks were unwilling to get dressed up for church, but the church was more than merely someplace sacred. It was home. That's what happens when the Mass becomes part of your life, where time spent with Jesus matters more than time spent spiffing up. Of course, you're always welcome to dress well for Mass. Just don't let your shoes keep your feet from following the Lord. Flip-flops are just fine.
0: We should point out that on the video that accompanies this, Mm -hmm. as he is walking away from the camera, Father Reedy is wearing flip-flops. That's cool. Yeah.
1: I think that's pretty cool. And I,
0: and I think that that was a, a pretty reasonable approach to it.
1: I do too. I, I think that he kind of embraced the what I was saying that, you know, not that you can't dress up, but don't feel like you must. Yeah. You know, and the, the more important thing is that you are building a community of, and a community that is like family.
0: We have another piece of sound and this is taken from um, Todd Friel, who is, uh, he's on television, he's on radio, hes he's got podcasts, and uh, I don't know, I i find the guy to be kind of a loud mouth. Mm-hmm. I think he's a little bit of a loud mouth. I think he's, uh, he has a, a very interesting presentation, certainly, he's, he's, he, he adds a little showbiz to it, yeah, so, so he, yeah. he maintains your attention. But I don't know if I like the guy. And he has on, as his guest, a very, very buttoned-down, prim, improper uh, guy named Dr. Steve Lawson. And Steve Lawson is going on and on and on talking about how when he was a young boy that his father would get him up
1: Well, starting on Saturday and lay out his clothes and iron his shirt. And and
0: put the tie on me. And and he says this with with great pride. Yes. Almost like, well, I could do this. Why can't you do this?
1: Yeah. And it's like, uh, this is what I do. And therefore, everybody should do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And after he says that, Todd Friel decides that he's going to play devil's advocate. With this guy. And I'm pretty sure that he agrees with Lawson,
1: mm-hmm. but he's
0: playing devil's advocate. Just to
1: put in an opposing point Just of view. To get, and, yeah, yeah,
0: to put in that opposing point of view. So let's listen to uh, Dr. Steve Lawson, who you will hear first, and then you will hear Todd Friel break in and ask his
3: question. realize that you can dummy this down to make uh, certain people feel comfortable. I'm of the opposite opinion. I'm not here for people. I'm here for God. And I want to represent myself in worship in a way in which I am, there is some indication, even to myself, that this is a transcendent uh, moment with great importance and with great dignity. And I would like to elevate people, not really water this down, but I would like to elevate this. Now, I'm not expecting people to come in in a tuxedo or anything like that, but no, I do want time. you <laughs> to present yourself Such and to come to pearls. church in a way where you indicate this is the most important hour of your week. Nothing rises to a higher level of importance than coming to the local church on the Lord's Day and, and worshiping the Lord. Rather than you looking like an unmade bed, rather than you looking quite well, let's not be frankly, too judgmental. Yeah, I was going to say you
0: sounds a little judgmental not here. Sure.
3: Um, I mean, you are disguising well any interest you have in the king of kings. Two responses. Number one, the story about your dad on Saturday night with the clothing routine, it explains so much about you. Wow, that was insightful. (laughs) Second, I want to play advocate. Because you said we have oh, an audience. I know you're going to play ad We have an audience. That, that's what Todd Friel does. Right, we let's have go an talk audience. It over we, him. Hey, advocate, hey, huh? hey, hey.
1: Somebody needs to put a sock in his mouth. Yeah, <laughs> go
3: ahead. <laughs> we have an audience with the king, but he's my daddy. And I don't get dressed up for my daddy because we have a close personal relationship, so you're a fuddy-duddy. I, I, you know, Todd, is that the best you've got,
0: that's, Todd? Well, I'm
3: just, <laughs> <laughs> I did some research.
0: So what do you think of that? What do you think of that exchange? I, I kind of like... And I wish that Todd Friel were being serious, yeah, about his question to him. But I know that that yeah. he's just playing he, devil's he's just advocate. Playing,
1: yeah, just to just to be, you know, so that you can't say, well, you didn't present re- a But what do you, you think
0: point? of that? That God is my father. Yeah. If we if we really embrace that, mm-hmm. that that God is the father of all of us, and I'm going to see my father. Yeah. If I have that kind of a relationship, why do I have to dress up? If I have that kind of a right. relationship, it's, it's your family. Now yeah. I know my dad mm-hmm. when he would go to visit his dad, he would dress up.
1: You said he would shine his. shoes. He would shoes. shine
0: his shoes and mine, because mm-hmm. his dad was a a shoe shine guy when he came over from Italy, and it was considered disrespectful. Yeah, if you came into the house with with, with, with dirty dolls. shoes, yeah. you know. Uh,
1: but well, I mean, I guess you know you have to take into account the culture. The culture also. You know, it, it, it for him, that was a matter of respect. For somebody else, it wouldn't be. I
0: remember years ago when we were at St. Paul the Apostle mm-hmm. in Irvington, and somebody had complained that I was on the altar in sneakers. I don't remember that. I heard about it from our music director okay. at that time. and said, somebody criticized you. Because you're on the altar in, I think I had jeans on too, probably, jeans and sneakers, and my immediate reaction, which is very typical of me, mm-hmm. was tell them to mind their damn business, <laughs> bite me, <laughs> yeah, yeah, bite me. With all due respect, yeah, <laughs> bite me, and uh, I, I was very annoyed. Mm-hmm. I was very offended by that because I was like, you don't know what is in my heart, what right. I am up on that altar. You know, and if my, if my heart were not in the right place, I wouldn't be up on that altar singing. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I don't, I don't sing for my glory. Right. Uh, you and I don't do music ministry for our glory. We try to make it a better worship experience for everyone. Mm -hmm. And so I was really annoyed with that comment.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and that's kind of, that came out of left field because that particular parish was very family like and it usually would not have been a very judgmental parish. So to yeah. have someone be judgmental like that. Well, there's always one. Well, that's true.
0: There is that's always true. one that has the the jacket and tie and the, the pearls and yeah. <laughs> you know that's
1: you know what next week i'm finding some pearls yeah there's
0: there's there's one on every in every in every church yeah. I'm, I'm sure but I, I just found it offensive and I, I just think that yeah you don't want to come in looking like like the guy said like like an unmade bed but getting really spiffed up and jacket and tie and and uh, in the case of of catholicism Wanting women to go back to head coverings again, mantillas. Yeah, I know you're dead set against I that. I do
1: not want that at all. I mean, if you want to do it, go go for it. Yeah. Have fun. you, but you do it's you. Not you, me. As they say. Yeah, you
0: you do you.
1: <laughs> and you know, also for us as music ministers, and we are contemporary. So I play guitar and we, we both sing. We're on stools in front of the church. Right. And that's what I need to be sitting on to be able to play the guitar and everything, and therefore I think that also dictates what I choose to wear. I'm not going to wear a dress that I'm afraid is going to creep up and you're going to see a little too much, or I'm going to have to be pulling on it all the time. I want something that I'm very comfortable with that I can straddle the, the stool and, you know. So I will most often wear slacks. Maybe in the summer I might wear a, a summer skirt or something, but. That's also for the presentation of our music ministry so that I am respectful.
0: There were a couple of comments that were made Mm -hmm. in the sound bites that we played. And I think the one from Steve Lawson is the one that stood out where he said, well, this is the highlight of my week.
1: Yeah, good And I should
0: (laughs) dress for it. You know what? I wish it were the highlight of the week for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. who come to Mass. Again, I'm not telling you that you got to wear a suit and a tie, but I wish that it were the highlight of the week for a lot of people, and I don't think it is. And I think that that we as churches and we as people who do music in the church, we need to step up our game to make it more responsible to what meets people's needs. And we so. need to make... Uh, we really need to make the experience special for people. Right. Where that Sunday morning or that Saturday evening is indeed special for them. And I don't think it is. I, w- I would go as far as to say, in 90% of the churches, and people may want to take me to task on this, have at it, uh, in 90% of the churches, I don't think it's that special for people. It's a commitment. We're supposed to go.
1: At least in the Catholic tradition. In the and Catholic tradition, sure about, thou really shalt
0: keep the holy others. the Lord's day. And one of the Ten Commandments is obviously keep holy the Lord's day, but they're also what we call commandments of the church, which again is missing church is a mortal sin. Right? Still is. It used to be a mortal sin uh, when, when we when we had catechism.
1: I don't know about a mortal sin, but it it, it is considered a sin. Yeah um and so you know i i i get that but i i really think that um i think you you have a good point that if you know the experience needs to be prime it needs to be something that you do look forward to and you know it's kind of like if it's really that good, you should be like to the point where I can't wait to see everybody. I can't wait to hear the music. I can't wait to be singing and praying together. It's going to be great to see everybody. Uh, You know, it's going to be great to worship. And like you said, I really think that in the majority of cases, that's not not the the experience they're getting. And, you know, I think that's something that churches need to look at.
0: And if you want people to dress up better for church...
1: More gooder. Yeah.
0: <laughs> then you really have to make make that experience be something that, that they want to maybe spiff it up for a little bit.
1: Yeah. I think that one will follow the other.
0: And I know people are going to say, well, don't you think that you're coming before God is reason enough? It should be. But look, we're talking people here. We're talking real world experience. We're talking people. And that's not how it works. Yeah. It's just not how it works. It's just like I have said so many times uh, in our church, and I was hoping to address this in a workshop this summer at our national convocation, and unfortunately it's it's canceled, so I'm not going to get to do the workshop. But I really wanted to say to them, like, as a Catholic, you're even taught that coming to Mass and the Eucharist, that is receiving the Body and Blood of Christ, is the source and summit. And... I hate to tell you, it's not.
1: I mean, you want it to be. You
0: want it to be, but it's. But if not. you're
1: honest, it. You yeah, know, it's not. Everybody will say the full right, politically correct thing if you ask them. Oh yes, Father. Yes, you know. Yeah. But In the heart of hearts, uh, no. It's
0: the experience. Yeah. The folks down in Timonium. At uh, what is church the name of, of that church? Church of the Nativity. They have a a rock band, they do a Mass, they do a full Catholic Mass, but they have a rock band, and they borrow tremendously from Rick Warren and his church. Right. And you know what? At Rick Warren's church, they're practically turning them away at the doors. And down in Timonium, Maryland, they pack the place.
1: Thousands of people. Thousands
0: of people on a weekend. Why? As I was going to say during my presentation, it's the experience, stupid. Mm-hmm. It's the experience, you know. Just like when uh, Jim Carville, when they asked him when uh, uh, Bill Clinton was running for president, and they said to Jim Carvel, "What? What is the the big topic for this election? What is the the linchpin?" And he said, "It's the economy, stupid." Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry no matter what your church is whether it's a protestant church a catholic church or anything else it's the experience stupid that's what it's about if yeah. you give good people and a, a, people a good experience they will come they will come back they will bring their friends
1: and they will find god
0: yeah I mean, and you know because what
1: because that's that's the main thing i mean i don't want it to mislead people into thinking that we're all about uh, you know, unicorns and rainbows. I mean, we want it to be the place where you find God. Yeah. That's that's really the ultimate purpose, I think. But in the journey, you've got to consider some of the, the other things that you need to have in place for that to happen. You
0: have to have a terrific experience for the people that are coming. And that experience does not require you getting all dressed up in... Mm-hmm but i do find that at that church in timonium i found that a lot of the parishioners that were coming in were indeed nicely dressed
1: yes but not formally but dressed. not formally dressed you know like they, like they we went in the heart of the summer yeah. so like a lot of the women had you know nice pants or capris or nice they, on, or they had polo no, shirt or, or khakis or something or yeah. or uh, you know just sundresses or things like that you know um but the, you know, the kids were perfectly welcome, and they came in their flip-flops, and they came in
0: their shorts, and that was okay. Yeah, and I think the experience is what, what really steps it up for them. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that these people that are talking about putting on a, a jacket and a tie, and, and in the case of the, the Catholic tradition, wearing a, a mantilla for women, uh, really... Really, is that really going to make people want to be there every week?
1: Well, I, I think that, you know, it, it promotes a sense of us and them, and it promotes a sense of judgmentalism that I don't think it should ever be part of a church experience. I don't care what kind of church you're in. I you know I think if you're going to be judgmental, that, that's not what, what Jesus did. Yeah. Jesus ate with the, the sinners. He fraternized with tax collectors with prostitutes with people of all different dimensions of of you know holiness and he didn't have a problem with it yeah so why should we
0: because we became too institutionalized
1: i don't think it's institutionalized i think it's it's just somewhere along the line we got the idea of what holy is supposed to be yeah yeah and
0: and wrote rules and and created attitudes about it to bolster that
1: and it ain't necessarily so, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, I, I think that that's it's leading us astray.
0: Yeah. So if you see me at, at church next week, and I'm dressed like this, uh, deal with it.
1: <laughs>
0: that's that's all. That's that's it. all I can say. Although in our church, everybody's pretty cool, and as I said, very it's a very informal church to begin with. Right. I don't think that'll be a problem.
1: I know it won't. But I absolutely know it won't.
0: So if you want to comment about anything that you've heard us talking about so far, if you agree with us, if you disagree with us, if you think that we're going to hell, or maybe I'm going to hell, (laughs) uh, you can write to us at sonicboomers at protonmail.com. And remember, that does need to be one word, sonicboomers at protonmail.com. And you may have thought that we forgot, but we didn't. It is time for our Boomer trivia question this week. And oh, by the way, while Maureen is overlooking the uh, the trivia question, I got to tell you, for those of you in the Old Bridge Township area where we are, we found there's a new diner. It used to be the Bridgeway Diner on Route 9. And I have to tell you, those of you that have followed our earlier podcasts where we talked about diners and restaurants, the Bridgeway was it's kind of a dump. Oh, no, yeah.
1: it was. I'm sorry, I'm reading this. I, I <laughs> thought
0: it was kind of a dump. I
1: wasn't paying attention. Kind of a dump.
0: And apparently, the owner uh, spent a lot of money and had the whole place redone. And we were there this morning for the first time. And it was gorgeous. It was. I walked in and I was like, wow, it was beautiful. And we had a very nice dining ex- dining experience. The food was good. And the morale.
1: Oh yeah, and the the help, the uh, servers and stuff. They were seemed like they were really happy to be there and happy that you were happy.
0: Welcoming everybody, and it was really a nice experience. So, if you're looking for a uh, a good place to eat, we're not receiving any anything for this. We're just sharing our experience with you. Uh, it is called Cafe Mosaic. It's the old Bridgeway Diner on Route Nine in Oldbridge. So check it out. I think you'll you'll enjoy it. Okay, are you uh, are you ready?
1: No, you go first. All
0: right, let me see. I'll give you a question. And uh, okay, this is uh, LT. They haven't. This is by the way from Trivial Pursuit Baby Boomers Edition. LT I, LT. I think is literature. Maybe I don't know why this would be. Uh,
1: or I think it's like light light times or something. We got to get the the the. Yeah. Cheat sheet out of it. Anyway, way.
0: here's the question. Okay. question is what religion did Karim Abdul Jabbar convert from? Hmm. Okay, what do you say? Catholic. Right, you are. All winner, right. winner, chicken All dinner. Right. Uh, he converted from Roman Catholicism. I, okay. didn't, I didn't even know that.
1: I just took a guess.
0: Yeah, son of a gun. All right, so you got one for me there? I got one. All right, go this
1: ahead. This is SS. I'm not sure where that is. Silver screen, I think it is. Okay. Um, what comedian quipped, how can I die? I'm booked.
0: Okay. I think I know this one. Okay. This might be a win-win this week. George Burns. Yes. There you go. There you go. A double win. We could not finish up the show any better than that with a (laughs) a win for each of us.
1: Thank you. Actually, it would be better if I won and you lost. uh,
0: (laughs) Thank you for joining us this week on the Sonic Boomers podcast. Until next week, I'm Pete Toriello.
1: And I'm Maureen Toriello. Now,
0: do us a favor. Get out there and make some noise.